Would you stand with me for the reading of the word? I want to get right into this. It's 1051. Shouldn't take too long here. Mark chapter 5, we're going to start with verse 25. It's great to have our guests in the house. Good to see all of you. How many NAYCers are in the house? You guys tired? A little weary? Did you catch up on your sleep? I know they stayed up all night. Because when I was getting in at 3.30, I called them and they had not gone to sleep. They were getting on the bus for the drive home. But they slept on the bus. I didn't have that luxury. But uh, anyhow, what a great time we had. Mark chapter 5. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? It was a mild rebuke. Are you kidding me, Jesus, all these people? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, check it out, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And I'd like to preach a message entitled, When Unstoppable Faith Meets Unstoppable Grace. When Unstoppable Faith Meets Unstoppable Grace. I want to say a prayer before we get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everything that you've done so far in this gathering. I pray that you would have your way. I pray that you would do things that only you could do, Lord. We couldn't generate them. We couldn't gin them up. We couldn't make it happen. But God, you can make it happen. And it's because there's some unstoppable faith that's going to rise up in this house today and grab a hold of unstoppable grace. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. This woman is not even named in the text. Now, tradition says her name is Veronica. Something had gone terribly wrong in her body. She had been bleeding, and she had been bleeding heavily, For 12 long, miserable years. Physically, she was beat. She was anemic. She was weak. Emotionally, she was lonely. She was isolated, ostracized. She could not have physical contact with her family, her husband, her children, her friends. Spiritually, she was empty. She could not enter the temple, not even the outer court. She could not go to church. It was forbidden in her day with her condition. She had a sickness, a disease, a problem, an enemy, if you will, that was relentless. Now, 12 days of sickness is awful. 12 weeks is exponentially worse. 12 months would wipe most of us out. But 12 years... She had been suffering for 12 long, miserable years. Today, she would have been diagnosed with something like menorrhagia, 
According to the Mayo Clinic, this is caused by fibroid, fibroid growths or polyps on the uterine wall, ovarian cysts, endometrial hyperplasia, a blood disorder like Willebrand disease, problems with platelets, malfunctioning glands like her thyroid gland, infection, or it could have even been caused by cancer. It's interesting to me that Mark says she spent all she had on physicians, on doctors, and did not improve, but rather grew worse. What's interesting about that is that Luke records the same story, but he left out the part about her suffering many things at the hands of many physicians and didn't get any better, but got worse. And the reason why, you know, is because Luke was a doctor. So he used some discretion in describing this part of the story and did not throw his profession under the bus. But not so Mark. Mark just threw them all under the bus, including his colleague and physician, possibly, Dr. Luke. But truthfully, the practice of medicine was primitive. It was barbaric back then, clouded by ignorance and superstition. It would be another 1,900 years before doctors ever really did anything like cure somebody of a disease. John MacArthur describes one actual prescription this lady may have received for her sickness. She would have been instructed by her doctors to carry around ground-up ostrich eggs in a linen bag in the summer. And this is very important. A linen bag in the summer and a cotton bag in the winter. And, and what profound advice that is, right? That's got to work. And not only is it profound and awesome, it's worth paying for. So she would have gotten a bill. And she would have gotten a bill for the advice, for the prescription, for the ostrich eggs, for the bags. Because, wow, that's bound to work, you know, ground up ostrich eggs. And there's probably a huge markup built into what she was charged because of R&D, right? Research and development. Trying to figure out what to do. Hey, let's try ostrich eggs. You know, we've tried everything. How about ground up ostrich eggs? J.B. Lightfoot cites rabbinical sources that offered another prescription. The doctor would dig seven ditches or, or have someone dig them for him. They would have to be big enough for someone to sit in, deep enough for someone to sit in. And then in each ditch, they would burn certain vines that were under four years old. I mean, you got to get this just right. Under four years old. And then you're going to take a cup of wine, put it in the ditch with the ashes, one of the ditches, and somehow she would sit on that cup of wine and then stand and go to another ditch and repeat the process. And every time she stood, the doctor would say to her, Arise from your bleeding. Wow, that was brilliant. And she would be charged for that as well. She would get a bill for that brilliant advice. 
The digging of the ditches, the vines, the cups, the wine, the doctor's time, and the doctor's saying, Arise from your bleeding. Ignorance, superstition, it was all part of the way they operated in those days. And it cost her. It says that she spent all her money on doctors and didn't get better, but rather got worse. She probably had a phone that was ringing off the wall with medical bill collectors. Talking about unstoppable, right? Hey, lady, you owe our doctor some money for those ostrich eggs. She had been sick for 144 months. She had been sick for 624 weeks, 4,383 days, 105, 192,000 hours. She was resisting this enemy in every way she knew. But everything had let her down. We used to sing a song back in the day. When everything is, you, when you've tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. See, y'all think I'm young and hip and all that, but no, no, I'm, I'm old, I'm, a, I'm Papa. When you've tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. And she had tried everything that she knew and everything had failed. But then she got a flash of insight about this man from Nazareth, this man named Jesus. I want to tell somebody in this room today, you may feel as though you are facing an unstoppable enemy that, that and there's, there's no way that that, that enemy can, can stop. An enemy that's told you, you'll never defeat me. An enemy that's told you, you'll never break out of this addiction. An enemy that's told you, you'll never break this habit. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never get that promotion that you feel like belongs to you. I want to tell you something. The devil is a liar, and you're closer to to getting your answer and to getting your healing and to getting your deliverance and that miraculous profession, provision, whatever, I'm tired. I want to look a little closer at this lady. Are you with me? Isn't this exciting? No doubt she had heard the voice of hopelessness in her ear. You'll never get your healing. There's no way out. But this fresh insight that she got, it, it, it gave her an idea that would change everything. She started to consider the fact that this Jesus of Nazareth really did have the potential, at least, to heal her. Now, Jesus was famous in these parts. She had doubtless heard of him, but somewhere along the line, she had not considered the fact that she was important enough to him that he would heal her of this disease. But she started to consider a fresh idea, a fresh perspective that filled her with fresh hope. Hope that had all but been lost to her because of the stubbornness of this disease and the failures of her past. And this new hope became real to her. She began to believe what she had been hoping for and what a difference that would make. She began to stand on solid footing, something substantial. She had moved over from the realm of hope to faith without even realizing it. 
And that faith became her evidence that everything was about to change. And isn't that what the Bible says in Hebrews 11? It says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so with fresh hope and fresh faith, she began to move into action. James said it in James chapter 2, faith without works is dead. And this is an important point I, I want to I pull out right here. The reason that she had this idea in the first place, this, the reason this, this, this hope turned into faith, grew into faith, this is very important, is because the text says, the Greek implies that she said over and over and over to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She didn't say that to the doctors. She didn't say that to family members. She didn't say that to anybody that would discourage her and pull her back from that. She said it to herself. She began to talk to herself. She began to say over and over, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. Veronica, if you can just touch the hem of his garment, girl, you will be made whole. This disease is nothing for Jesus. If you can just touch the hem of his garment, you'll be made whole. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And what started is just an idea and hope started turning into something that was faith that she would begin to act on herself. I want to encourage somebody today. You need to start talking to yourself differently than those voices in your head are talking to you. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You've got to fight thoughts with words. When those enemy voices come in and tell you, you'll never change, you'll never get out of debt, that situation will never change, you'll never be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Who are you kidding? None of your family does that. You need to start talking to yourself and say, no, no, no. That may be where I come from, but that's not who I am. I'm coming to Jesus, and everything's going to change. I will come out of this mess. I will come out of this depression. I will break this cycle of poverty. I will. Be filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues. She was saying, if I can just get to Jesus, I don't need anybody's permission. I don't need your permission. I can do this. I don't need the religious experts' opinions on this. I can do this. She quit focusing on what she did not have, and she started focusing on what she did have. She quit focusing on what she could not do. And she started focusing on what she could do. I want to tell you something. You can still pray. Things may be bad, but you can still pray. Things may be bad, but you can still worship. You can still lift your hands and your voice to the Lord Jesus. You, there may be some things that you don't have control over and you can't do. But David said it. I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You can fast. You can't speak to that mountain and see, say, be removed and cast into the sea. There's some things that you can do. Forget about what you can't do. Begin to focus on what you can do. We, we like to put it all on Jesus, and I get it. And I, there, uh, You know what I'm saying? There's been religious abuse and gold Cadillacs and all that kind of stuff, all that kind of junk. Forget about all that. 
we like to sometimes overreact and put everything on Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. You've got a part to play in this. You've got a responsibility to play in, pr- pr- play in this, right? I'm tired. Forget it, right? You've got a role to play. It's amazing. She formulated a plan. There's no Bible for this plan. She formulated a plan. It's an interesting plan. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, what in the world is that all about? If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Now, there's real, there is. There's, some people try to say there's Bible. There's no Bible for this. I'm, I'm going to give you some scripture about the hem of his garment, but there's no Bible for what she was saying. She just picked out a point in time, a moment, something she could do, and at, at the accomplishment of that that she had decided to do, she would release her faith. She had gone from hope to faith, but she needed to release her faith. And she was saying, basically, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will release my faith and I will be made whole. I'm talking about when unstoppable faith meets unstoppable grace. She had this moment in time. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Now, what was the hem of his garment? Well, I've got an illustration for you. Now, you know, people are going to think we're one of those churches, one of those weird churches. We've already blown the shofar a few weeks ago. And now I've got, I got this thing. And basically... If we post this on the internet, we're going to be one of those churches. You know, they're going to, that's one of those weird, charismatic, goofball churches. They, they probably wave flags and run around barefoot and w- blow shofars. Well, that's fine. You know, I've been accused of worse, right? Wow, it's quiet in here today. What was the hem of his garment? Well, it was the tzitzit is what it's called. It's the tassels. On the bottom of his talit, or prayer shawl. In Numbers 15.38, the children of Israel were instructed to make one of these for themselves and wear the tassels on the four corners of their garments. And to this day, you'll see Orthodox Jews hanging out of their, around their belt. You'll see these tassels hanging out. That's what that is. It's these seat seats, what they're called, that are, are hanging down. And they represent the Word of God. In other words, they're to keep the minds of those Old Testament Jews stayed on the Word of God. Your Word will ever be on my mind. Great peace have they whose mind is stayed on thee. It's, it's about keeping the Word in their lives, in their walk, all the way around them, the four corners of their garments. And so she was saying, if I can just touch that seat seat that Jesus is wearing, if I can just, if I can just touch that. In other words, 
She was looking to the word. She was looking to the covenant, which brought about the sure mercies of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the sworn love of God. Not this sappy stuff that that we see today on uh, popular television and social media, but I'm talking about the sworn love of God. I swear I love you regardless of what you do or don't do. The nature of God, the power of God is represented in that seat seat. And she was saying, if I can just touch that seat seat on Jesus. Here's what the word said in Exodus 15, 26. It said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, God, who heals you. I like that King James. I'm the Lord God that healeth thee. It's just got a ring to it, doesn't it? I'm the Lord God that healeth thee. Isaiah 53 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. She was taking that word and saying, If I can just get in the presence of Jesus and release my faith in that word, then everything is going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And listen, it was a lot of trouble. She had to make her way through a a dense crowd. There were thousands of people surrounding, thronging the word in the Greek as they were pushing, pressing in on Jesus. She had to make her way through that tight crowd. She couldn't be concerned with what everybody, including the disciples, thought about her. She had to move beyond how she felt, and she had to move in faith. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, representing that word and that covenant, I will be made whole. I'm telling you, she was unstoppable, but so was his grace. (laughs) Excuse me, I'm having issues up here. So was his grace. His grace was unstoppable. When she touched the hem of his garment, it says immediately power flowed out of him. The King James' virtue, its power, the dunamis, explosive power of God flowed out of Jesus Christ. When unstoppable faith meets unstoppable grace, you will never, ever be the same. I want to tell somebody in this house today, when unstoppable faith meets unstoppable grace, you will never be the same. You will never be the same. Sickness can't stand. Condemnation can't stand. Addiction can't stand. Lack can't stand. Listen, here's here's something amazing. Persistent sickness could not stop her. Shame could not stop her. Condemnation could not stop her faith. Weakness could not stop her. What others thought about her could not stop her. Her past could not stop her faith. Her faith was unstoppable. Check this out. A rebellious archangel in time and memoriam could not stop him. A treasonous man named Adam could not stop him. A brother killing a brother, Cain killing Abel, could not stop him. Not his grace. A failed generation 
of the flood could not stop him. A, a doubting Abraham could not stop him. A rebellious Israel could not stop him. The religious Pharisees could not stop his grace. The Roman Empire could not stop his grace. His grace was unstoppable. And when unstoppable faith meets unstoppable grace, something's going to happen. Something's going to change. Everything can change today. Give him some praise. Can you do it? Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, when you've tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. Woo! She was trying Jesus and she was not going to stop. She had said to herself, man, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, everything is going to be all right. And she had said that to herself. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, everything's going to be all right. When she did touch the seat, seat, T-Z-I-T, Z-I-T, like T-Zit, Zit, seat, seat. She had said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, everything's going to be all right. Nobody heard her say that. She said that to herself. This apparently came out later in the story. She had said that to herself over and over. Nobody heard her say that. When she touched him, Jesus felt virtue, power flow out of him. Nobody else knew what had happened. So, so far what's happened in the story is, she knows something, and he knows something, but nobody else has a clue as to what's going on. He knows something, she knows something, and, and when the power flowed, immediately she knew she had been healed. It says she immediately knew. It wasn't this like slow, you know, and I'm saying it in faith, like boom, it happened. She knew immediately. And he stopped and said, who touched me? And the disciples rebuke him. Like they were always doing, ignorant. Just, what do you mean? Who touched you? Are you crazy, Jesus? Crazy Jesus who touched you? Everybody's touched you. You know, they were thick as a brick most of the time. Yeah, it just, you know, he just had to shake his head on a regular basis. Just, are you kidding me? You know, he prayed to the Father, you know, these are the ones you gave me? Are you serious? I feel like that's what he does with me a lot of times. Are you kidding me, Donovan? Don't, don't laugh about it. He says the same thing about you, too. Yeah, don't act all hoity-toity. It's you, too. Are you kidding me? He chose the foolish of this world to confound the wise, right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. He didn't overlook me. He's like, I'm right there. Hey, he's foolish enough. Let's get him. And they're like, Jesus, everybody's touching you, silly Jesus. But she knew exactly what happened. He's like, no, this is different. And she was shaking and trembling, she said. Let me tell you what happened. I, here's the deal. See, I, I've been saying to myself over and over and over and over and over and over. See, I've been sick for 12 years. You just got to say, I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to touch anybody. Make some ceremonially unclean and all that. But here's the deal. 12 years. And I just had a flash of insight. If I could just touch 
the seat seat on your, your ID there, I'd, I'd be made whole. And I think that's exactly what happened. I, I've been healed. I've, I'm, I'm restored. And Jesus looked at her. He said, woman, oh, your faith, your unstoppable faith has made you whole. Your unstoppable faith attracted, reached in and grabbed a hold of my unstoppable grace. And you have been healed and made whole. Your faith, daughter, has made you whole. You are different. You will never be the same because you wouldn't stop. And you knew, you knew there was covenant invested in me. There was word invested in me. You knew I was Jehovah in the flesh. And you knew I had identified myself as the Lord God that heals you of all your diseases. And you touched and you grabbed a hold. And you released your faith. And now everything has made, been made all right. Now, it's not just about being in the presence of Jesus. It's about releasing your faith in the presence of Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you something. Everybody in this house is in the presence of the Lord today. Whether you know it, acknowledge it, or not, you're in the presence of God. He is not far from any of us. But everybody in this house will not receive from him today. We'll let a lot of things stop us short and stop our faith. We have stoppable faith. He has unstoppable grace, but we have stoppable faith. And Jesus would have walked on had that not unstoppable faith accessed the unstoppable grace. I go back to what I said earlier. You've got a role to play. You've got a responsibility. So many times we want God just to sovereignly step in and do all kind of stuff. But what can you do to facilitate that? She was saying over and over, if I can just, here's the point where I'm going to release, I'm going to give it all. And she gave it all. And what a reward she received. Thousands were in his presence, but one touched him and accessed his unstoppable grace. Now let me ask you this. What do you need today? There is power in this house to meet every need. Do you need the Holy Spirit baptism? He's made a way. Do you need healing? Hey, I'm going to take this off. Do you all mind? I'm going to take this off. I'm going to do it this this way. It's like a cape, you know. It's not too bad, really. Kind of like capes. Maybe you need healing in your body today. He's made a way. He's Jehovah Rapha. Maybe you need deliverance today. I want to tell you, He's made a way. He came to set the captives free. You need provision. I'm going to be preaching about it more and more. Again, I don't believe in gold Cadillacs, but we shouldn't stop believing God to help us in the area of our finances. God wants to bless you. God wants to help you. You're not alone in this. He doesn't want you to go broke. He wants to lift you up. There's a redemptive lift that comes in serving God, even in your pocketbook. God wants to help you. What needs do you have today? He's made a way. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. He wants to make a way. Why don't you stand with me right now? I want to encourage you. Let fresh hope come alive. Maybe you've heard of Jesus and you've 
considered some things about him. But maybe you've not thought he could touch you right where you are in your particular situation. I want to encourage you. Let hope come alive. Let faith rise up. Don't stop until you release that faith. We were at NAYC and, man, it was a blast. It was awesome. But our student pastors who organized the trip, who work with the students weekly, well, they abandoned us on our trip because they had Lyra Jane. And then there were complications. And Brendan was going to fly up. And then there were complications, and Brendan was not going to fly up. So what that meant was, well, the majority of taking care of your darlings that are just, you know, perfect, fell on Wendy. Wendy was there with her kids and your kids, which, of course, as we all know, are no trouble at all. And so it all fell on Wendy. And while Wendy, bless her heart, is laying her life down for the sheep, DJ was at Grand Isle with his boat. Not a care in the world. He normally sleeps in his truck at Grand Isle, but not this time. He got a room. It was right before the rodeo, and he got a room anyway. And so he was down there having the time of his life. Poor Wendy. She got addicted to Red Bulls on this trip. Used to condemn me for drinking Red Bulls. And had several in one day. And had one this morning. And was using the language of Red Bull addicts. She was saying things like, well, I was sitting in church and I started crashing. And I'm like, wait a second. Only Red Bull addicts use that kind of language and other kind of addicts. She was crashing, she said. It was hilarious. But DJ was at Grand Isle just fishing up a storm, catching some fish, having a good time. Now, when we go on that men's fishing trip, we use, I grew up freshwater fishing, fresh, fishing for, my dad was a cane pole fisherman, fishing for brim and white perch, and, and everybody has different names, you know, crappie and sackalay and, all these different names. We call them brim and white perch. Big red ear brim. Uh, just, just, uh, just, that's what I grew up on. Then I started bass fishing. And my father-in-law was a bass fisherman, man. He was a big mouth bass guy and caught 10-pound bass and had these giant bass on his wall. And he got me into that and spinner baits and buzz baits and all that stuff. But, but when I started coming down here and we started going to Grand Isle on a regular basis and doing some saltwater fishing, I started to learn the gear. I learned a lot about the gear. One of the first trips we went on, I took my boys to Cabela's. I'm like, we're going to get some fishing gear. First rod I looked at was $600. I said, you know what? We're going to Walmart get some gear. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I learned some things. And first of all, we got those, those rigs with those big slip corks or bobbers or whatever. Big long things, long, and, they, and they're heavy and and. Those things, as heavy as they are, they're made to float. They're made to be above the water. You can take that cork or a little bitty cork, or you can take those fishing corks, bobbers, and you can pull them all the way down to the bottom of the ocean. You can pull them down a 1,000 feet. But if you let it go, 
It's going straight to the surface. Because it was made to be above only and not beneath. It was made to soar above the depths and above the waters and above the darkness. It was made for that. I'm going to tell you something. The devil's lied to some of you and made you think, I belong in this deep depression, this dark environment. I belong here. And I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost would say to you, no, you don't. You were made to soar above all of that. You were made to rise to the top and to rise to the surface. God has more for you. There's a future and a hope for you. You need to reconsider that. You may have tried everything else, but bring it to Jesus. He has a plan for you. Release your faith and your destiny into His hands and watch what He does in your life. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31 says, He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strengths. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. Even at NAYC. Can I get an amen? And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. And they'll walk and not faint. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Oh, and forget not all His benefits. I just preached about this. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Somebody needs to have some unstoppable faith today. Because I'm just going to tell you right now, there's some unstoppable grace that's just waiting to get to you. Just walking along, up and down these aisles, just waiting. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those to whom He can show Himself strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank You so much for the strength. You said, let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah. Let the poor say, I am rich. God, there's some strength that you're wanting to bring into this congregation. There's some strength you're wanting to bring into some of these lives. And we're looking to you, God, to make that difference. Hallelujah.